1 John chapter 1. So in the first four verses, which is where we were last week, John introduced to us who Jesus is. Remember? He is that which was from the beginning. He is the word of life that was truly made flesh and truly dwelt among us. He was born, he lived, he died, and he was raised in the flesh. Remember, John is writing to this church, and there are those who were saying that Jesus did not really come in the flesh. He just appeared to come in the flesh, but he really did not. And if Jesus did not really come in the flesh and really live and really die and sacrifice himself on the cross and be raised physically in the flesh, then there is no atonement for our sin. And John is assuring us that Jesus came in the flesh. So in verses 5 through 10 today, we're introduced to the message that Jesus brought to his disciples, the message they heard from Jesus. And John says, this is the message that we heard, and this is the message that we declare to you to those reading and those hearing. And the message that, that Jesus brought, the message that John is declaring is that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So let's read 1 John chapter 1, uh, verses 5 through 10. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. That is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And the good news is even though we are all sinners and we all fall short of your glory, Lord, you made a way where there was no way for us. You made a way, Lord, a way that we could not make for ourselves. You did for us what we could not do for ourselves. You made a way for us to be delivered from sin and death and darkness. Father, we thank you for the good news that we have been given in Jesus Christ, that Lord, even though we sin, Lord, we can confess our sin and you are faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We thank you, Lord, that through faith in Jesus, you have given to us eternal life. And that is the gift of grace given to us. Lord, we thank you that our salvation is not based on our works. It's not based on our merit. It is based on your grace and the work, the all-sufficient work that Jesus did for us. 
when He gave Himself up on the cross, when He died for us to take away our sins, when He was raised for us that we too could walk in newness of life. Father, we thank You for that grace. We thank You for that gift. We celebrate it. and We ask that You would, by Your Holy Spirit living in us, mold us and shape us, that we would no longer be conformed to this world, but we would be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we would be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so in these verses here, 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 10, John is revealing to us the message. He says, this is the message which we have heard from him. And the message is, God is light. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. So the first thing John informs us about the message from Jesus is that God is light and in Jesus, or in God, there is no darkness at all. Jesus came and he said, this is who God is. God is light and in God, there is no darkness. Now this is significant as we continue working through the letter of 1 John, we're going to understand more clearly why John begins this letter this way and why he chose to begin declaring this message. This isn't the only message that Jesus brought, but all that Jesus said can be summed up in this message that God is light and in him there is no darkness. And there is a reason why John is writing to the church he wants them to clearly understand who God is because in clearly understanding who God is, they are going to know who they are in Christ, in God. And so this message from Jesus is that light defines the nature of God. Light is not something God simply possesses. Light is the very essence and the very being of God. Because God is light, in Him there is no darkness at all. It's not that He's mostly light, kind of like in this room. You know, have you ever been in a room and it's kind of like, the light's on, but it's a little dark in here. You know, I, I have to have my glasses in some rooms because it's not as light as it could be, even though the lights are on. But if I'm outside, for instance... And I have my Bible, and the sun is shining. I can read my Bible without my glasses. Now, my wife doesn't believe that, but I really can. <laughs> because there is sufficient light. And so, when the scripture says God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all, that's exactly what it means. God's not mostly light. He is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. So light is not just something God possesses. It's who God is. And because God is light, there is no darkness in him. Because light and darkness are mutually exclusive things. Light inherently dispels darkness. Darkness cannot exist 
in light. Light, by its very nature, dispels darkness, and the statement that God is light is not only about who and what God is, it's about what He is not. He is not darkness, and there is no darkness in Him at all. So in declaring that God is light, John is assuring us who God is while also informing us what He is not, nor can be. There can be no darkness in God. The fact that God is light means that in Him there is no darkness. The light of God then is all-encompassing. It, it fills everything. There is nothing left dark when the light of God is shown. So listen to the words of the Apostle Paul as he writes about the light of God. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 16, Paul writes, Speaking of God, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. James also writes concerning God in light, calling God the Father of lights. James 1.17, James writes, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. You know those LED bulbs, those dimmable LED bulbs, LED bulbs that sometimes blink and you don't get that with God. There is no, there is no variation, there is no shadow of turning. You notice that James describes the light of God as having no variation, no shadow of turning, meaning it is pure, undiminished, and constant light that is all-encompassing he describes as unapproachable in brightness. This is the way Paul described it, that God's light, God is dwelling in unapproachable light, unapproachable brightness. It is light in which there is no variation, no shadow will be found there, no darkness at all. This is important for us to understand. There are many people today who believe in a more Eastern concept of who God is. And when I say Eastern, I'm talking about Eastern religions, Eastern mysticism, the yin and the yang, the opposite but equal. There must be darkness, there must be light in order for there to be balance in the universe. I am a fan of Star Wars, but I'm not a fan of the theology that Star Wars promotes which is this Eastern mysticism, the, the good and the evil, equal but opposites fighting together. And it's the only way you get balance in the force is when there is that balance between the light and the darkness. That is unscriptural. That is not biblical. That is not what the Bible teaches. God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. Now, I'm not saying... Darkness isn't real. I'm not saying God doesn't use darkness. And we can understand that just by looking at each other here in this room today. There are shades of color. There are variations of light. The reason you can appreciate 
a painting or a tapestry is because God uses light and darkness to show us things, to reveal things. But when we talk about the nature of who God is, the message is clear. John says, this is the message that Jesus brought, the message that came from Him. God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. So this declaration that God is light with no darkness is not just a description of who God is, but also who we are to be in Him. And by God's grace, we are called light in the Lord. So our fellowship is in the light, it's not in darkness. Verses 6 and 7, 1 John chapter 1. John writes, if we say we have no fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So the first thing I want you to notice in verses uh, 6 and 7 here are, are the words walk and practice. They're found in verse 6. Two words. The word walk and the word practice. Walk is what we do or practice and it's related to our fellowship with God. So walking is an action. The word practice there is actually a word that means to do. It's literally what it is translated. So that word when you look at verse 6 and you see the word practice and you see the word do, those are the same words. It means to do, but it's not just to do something occasionally. It's talking about the practice of our life. So when John writes, if we say we have fellowship with him, but we walk in darkness, we lie, and we do not practice the truth. So when we walk in the light, we walk in fellowship with God. Walk is what we do. It's what we practice. It's related to our fellowship with God and our fellowship with one another. And how we walk and where we walk, or we could say it like this, the practice of our life or the manner of our living matters when it comes to our fellowship with God as well as our fellowship with one another. We're going to see this as we get into the, into the later, into the chapter 2 and chapter 3 of 1 John, where John links our love for God with our love for one another. And what John is communicating here, and the reason he begins by telling us this message that God is like, this is who God is, and this is who we are to be, because what we say is insufficient if the manner of living or the practice of our life is not matching up with who Jesus tells us that God is. And if we're to be like God, if we're to be like Christ, then our manner of living, our practice of life, absolutely matters. Not just what we say, but what we do. The word practice here is a word that means to do, but it's not about things we do occasionally. It's what we do as a manner or a practice of life. In Christ, we're called out of darkness into light. 
Our fellowship is no longer in darkness, but in light. As John writes, truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Remember I said when Clifford Staten, 40, uh, over 40 years ago, founded this church, he named it Christ Fellowship based on this verse out of 1 John. 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. Truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We have fellowship with one another in God, in Christ. God is light, so our fellowship with him is in the light. And if that is truly the case, then we are to no longer walk in darkness. John warns that if we say we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. So the manner in which we live, our walk, our practice of life, must be consistent with the light that God is, not the darkness we once were. Our fellowship with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ, means we no longer walk in darkness, but now we walk in the light. And though we once were darkness, we are now light in the Lord. And now we walk as children of light. This is what John, uh, Paul is writing in Ephesians chapter 5. Let's read Ephesians chapter 5, verse, verse 8 through verse 14. And in these verses, Paul gives us a clear picture of what it means to walk as children of light. So we can say this, but what does it mean? Well, Paul gives us a very clear picture of what it means to walk as a child of light. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 8. For you once... For you were once darkness. I want to stop right there and point out. For you were once. Paul is not saying you acted like darkness. You had the characteristics of darkness. He said you were once darkness. In other words, just as light defines who God is right now, before we were saved by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ, darkness defined who we were. We were darkness. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. If you are in Christ today, if you have been born again by the Spirit of God, by God's grace, you are, you have been given light. Christ has given you light. We must learn, therefore, what it means to walk as a child of light. So just like I told the kids, just like little Matthias and some of the other little ones, they're learning to walk. They're going to walk, but they have to learn to walk. Well, when Paul writes this and he says, you were once, children, you were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. There's an understanding that we must learn how to walk as children of light, just like Children have to learn how to walk with their two legs. God is amazing. God has put all of these things in creation all around us to help us understand 
not just how we grow and mature physically, but how we grow and mature spiritually. So just like a child, just like we all had to learn to walk one day, at some point in time in our life, we also, as children of God, as light in the Lord, have to learn how to walk as children of light. So we have to learn what that means. And Paul gives us a clear indicator when he mentions the fruit of the Spirit in relation to our walking as children of light. You can go to Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, and, and read about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. These are characteristics. There's not nine different fruit. There's only one fruit of the Spirit. But the characteristic of that fruit is defined by all of those things. And so how do we know when we're walking as children of light? Because those characteristics consistent with the Spirit of God, the life of Christ in us, by the Spirit, those things will be manifest through my life. There should be love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness. Those things should be manifest through our life. And if those things are part of our life, then we can know that we are walking as children of life. That doesn't mean we can't learn to walk better. That doesn't mean we can't become more faithful, more consistent, more efficient at those things, because we can. We can continue to grow, and we should continue to grow and mature in those things. Another indicator is that we no longer walk or have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. In other words, we're to follow Christ who is the light. And if I find myself fellowshipping more with the darkness than with the light, that is an indicator that I may not be walking as a child of light. Let's just go ahead and put uncertainty to rest here. If I'm spending more time fellowshipping with darkness, walking in darkness, you can be sure that you are not walking as a child of light. Jesus said this, it's recorded for us in John 8, 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus taught us that to follow him is to no longer walk in darkness, but to have the light. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, Paul writes this. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness. Think first creation. Who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Think new creation. Paul says the same God who called light out of the physical creation in the beginning is the same God who causes light to shine in your heart. And why is that light shining in our heart? To give us the knowledge of of the glory of God. And where is that knowledge found? In the face of Jesus Christ. To walk in the light is to walk apart from or out of darkness. So we understand these verses that to have the light means that we are in the light and that we indeed are light in the Lord. And as light, we obediently follow Jesus and live in his light. Light does not have communion or fellowship with darkness. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, Paul writes, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion 
has light with darkness. And what accord has Christ with Bealiel? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? That word communion there in verse 14 there in 2 Corinthians is the word koinonia. Sound familiar? Koinonia, classical Christian school. Our school uses the word koinonia because it is part of Christ's fellowship. Don't have communion. Don't have fellowship with darkness. Now, we live in this world, and the world is still under the weight of sin, and sin is all around us. Remember in our, studies, uh, in our study of Romans on Wednesday night, Jesus has delivered us. He has set us free from the dominion of sin, but sin is still present with us. So we're not going to escape sin. We're not going to escape death. We're not going to escape the effects of it until finally Jesus comes and puts the last enemy underfoot, which is death. But right now we still live in a world that is under the weight of sin and death and darkness. It's all around us, so we can't escape it. But we do not have to have communion or fellowship with it. We do not have to have the same relationship with darkness that we are to have with light. And so as we walk as light, as children of light, our lives are supposed to demonstrate that we have left the darkness and have come into the light. And that we are not spending our time fellowshipping with darkness and those in darkness. Because that's inconsistent with who we are. To walk in the light is to no longer walk in darkness. And as children of light, we are to no longer have that fellowship with darkness. Our life is to reflect the righteous and the holy light of God. Jesus, who is the light of the world, also calls us the light of the world. We're to let our light shine unhindered. We see this in Matthew chapter 5. Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, in the Beatitudes, Jesus in verse 14 through 16 he says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus says to his disciples, which means that he, he said that for us today. Because if you count yourself a disciple of Jesus, then according to Jesus, you are the light of the world. And you are not to hide your light, but let your light so shine before men that they would see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And you, you might think, well, you just said that we're not supposed to have communion with the darkness, so how do I do that? Listen, just walk around out in the world and let your light shine. There's a difference between having fellowship, communion with darkness, and living in a world filled with darkness and letting the light of Christ shine. Whether it's people we know or whether it's strangers, whether it's a chance encounter or what we want to call a chance encounter that really aren't chance encounters, or whether it's someone that we've had a relationship with for, for many years, we're to let our light 
shine, but we're not to have fellowship with darkness. As we walk in the light as he is in the light, our fellowship is with one another, John writes, and it is in the light. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So when we walk in the light as he is in the light, John tells us that we have fellowship with one another. One another meaning those who are also in the light, that's who we're to have our fellowship, our communion with. He also tells us within that fellowship that the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. I believe John qualifies that we are cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, to help us understand that it is by the blood of the Son of God, not by our own merit, that we are brought into the presence of the Father inside His unapproachable life. God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. It would be impossible for us to approach the Father with darkness of sin in our life. The blood of Jesus has taken away our sin and darkness. He has made us light in the Lord. Now in Christ we come as light into the light. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. And as we come to the Father in light, we join, we join that light. It is in that holy light we have fellowship with one another. It is in that holy light, in that holy fellowship that the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, eternally cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have the assurance of our cleansing from sin in Jesus Christ. Sometimes... People will ask me, has Jesus really forgiven my sins? And the answer is, if you have come to God by the blood of Jesus, if you have repented of your sin, if you have confessed your sin, and you know that your only hope of salvation is the cleansing blood of Jesus, if you're trusting in that blood to take away your sin, then yes, your sins are really forgiven. They are cast as far as the east is from the west. They will never meet. They will never be remembered by God again. And the fact that you remember them doesn't mean God still does. Now, of course, God is God. He knows everything, right? He knows our past, our present, and our future sin. But the point is, when we ask for forgiveness, when we're trusting in Jesus, when we trust in the shed blood of Jesus as the only thing that can wash away our sin, then we can have the assurance, and this is why John is writing this letter. We're going to get to it in verse in chapter 5 when John writes, I write these things to you that you may know that you have eternal life. Not hope. And we'll see how it all works out in the end. No, that you may know. And if you're trusting in Jesus, if you're trusting in His shed blood, you can know right now that your sins have been forgiven. All have sinned. But there's good news. Verse 8, he says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. 
Only Jesus walked through this world without sin. We are all sinners saved by grace. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Paul writes that in Romans 3.23. In Christ we are delivered from the dominion of sin. But remember sin is still present with us. If we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves. If we lie and deceive ourselves then the truth is not in us. If God is light that means God is truth. The light and the truth is spiritually synonymous just as sin and darkness is spiritually synonymous. In John 14.6, the words of Jesus are recorded for us as he's getting ready to be arrested. This is just prior to his arrest, after the Last Supper. He's with his disciples, and he says to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus said of himself, I am the truth. Just as there can be no darkness in light, there can be no lie in the truth. And if we lie and say we have no sin, the truth is not in us and we are walking in darkness. And when we find ourselves walking in darkness, falling into sin, the good news is that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. And when we confess our sin, the promise from God is that He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is faithful and just. That is a statement that we must never forget. God is faithful, meaning that He will never waver in His forgiveness and His cleansing of those who come to Him in faithful repentance, trusting in the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ. He is faithful. He will not waver from that. But he is not only faithful, he is just. Because of what Jesus did when he became sin for us, the Father is just to forgive us. Listen to the good news given to all who believe, all who trust in Jesus, written by Paul in his letter to the Romans. Romans chapter 3, beginning in verse 21. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. To all and on all who believe, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith, to demonstrate His righteousness, because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness. Listen, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. When we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is faithful and just, and He is the justifier of all who trust in Jesus. So we are to confess our sin to God, not deny it, not hide it, not pretend like it doesn't exist. We're to confess our sin to God, for God cannot lie. Why do I say that? Because John writes, if we say that we have not sinned, then we make God a liar. And God's word is not in us. 
So the scripture is clear. All have sinned. All fall short. If we say that we have no sin, then we make God a liar. And we know that God cannot lie. Which means that we are the ones who are lying if we say that we have no sin. If we do not acknowledge our sin. Jesus is the truth. John writes that his word is not in us when we lie about our sin. Christ abides in us by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is also called what? The Spirit of Truth. If Christ is in us, then His truth is in us. Therefore, we must be willing to walk in truth and confess our sin. We corporately, we did this today, we do it every week, and we do it for a reason. We corporately confess our sins each week. We take time out in the service to confess our sins to God. And we do that on purpose before we come to the table each week. Because when we come to the table each week, we come having already confessed our sins to God, knowing that what? If we confess our sins to God, we have the assurance of forgiveness. That's what the Bible gives us in 1 John uh, 1.9. And so we confess our sins each week. That's not a substitute for your individual confession of sin throughout the week. Perhaps if you're like me, multiple times a day. I'm, I'm forever having to, to go to God and say, God, you know, uh, that, was, that was mean. Uh, that's just my pride. That's, you know, there are some sins that are very obvious. And when, when you get past those really obvious sins that are out there in the open for everyone to see, there is still a lot on the inside of us that no one can see except God and you. And sometimes we lie to ourselves to the point that we don't even see it. And we need to ask God to reveal our sinfulness. Because if there are things that I have lied about myself and I'm living a lie, I need to be set free with the truth. And this is what God does. We confess our sins every week so that we have the assurance of forgiveness so that we come to the table and partake of the body and the blood of Jesus, knowing that our conscience have been washed by the blood of Christ. In confessing our sins to God as an act of humble repentance, the truth sets us free and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all our sin. We can fool men, but we can't fool God. God knows our sin. But the good news is God has made a way for us to be forgiven. So take that way. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Living a lie is bondage and it leads to destruction. Jesus is the truth. He's the way. He's the life. We are to run to Jesus, repent and confess all to him that he may set us free from the lie. We are to trust him to bring Bring us into his glorious life. And this is exactly what he has done. By grace through faith in Jesus, we have been brought to the Father. And we have entered into his glorious life. The glorious life and the liberty found only in his truth. And each week we come to the Lord's table. We are thanking him for the fellowship we have with him. And with one another through the body and the blood of Jesus Christ.
So I want us to get ready to come to the table. So why is John writing all of this? Why is he telling us who God is? God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. He's telling us this not just so that we'll have some knowledge about God. He's telling us this so that we will have information about how we are to actually live our lives. Because our knowledge of God does absolutely no good if it does not translate into how we live our lives. And this is how we know if we are walking as children of life. Not what you say, not what you know, but it's who you are and what you do and how you walk, consistent with the God who is life, with Jesus Christ who is the light of the world. Are we following His example? Are we seeing our shortcomings and in humble repentance coming to God and saying, God, help me. God, I need your grace. I need grace to obey. I need grace to be more like Jesus every day. There is not one of us from the youngest to the oldest who do not need that grace every day. And God will not withhold that grace from you if you are trusting in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the blood that cleanses you. And this is what we do when we come to the table every week. We proclaim that body broken for us on the cross, given up for us on the cross, so that we can have peace with God. And we proclaim the blood, the only blood ever that could take away our sin, that could wash away our sin, the blood of Christ. If you count yourself a member, a covenant member of God's body, you don't have to be a member of this congregation, but if you count yourself a member of the body of Christ, from the youngest to the oldest, you are welcome to this table. Christian, welcome to Jesus. Let's all stand. Our charge today is simple, but it is powerful because it comes directly out of God's Word. Walk in the light as He is in the light. Those are the words recorded for us in 1 John. Walk in fellowship with one another and know that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all our sin and from all our unrighteousness. Our charge is to walk in the light just as Jesus, just as God is in the light. Amen? Amen. Father, I pray for our food next door. I thank you for it. I thank you for um, that all that has been provided, you provide so abundantly for your people in so many ways. We ask that this food be nourishment to our bodies. We ask that our fellowship would be uh, edifying for each one here. It would be glorifying to you. We ask, Father, that we would fellowship today with one another, knowing that our fellowship is in Christ. Our fellowship is, is with the Father, and that we fellowship with one another in the light. And we thank you for that, Lord. Let's sing our thanks to God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow.